Welcome to Hopecast. You're here with my amazing co-host, Sela. I'm Kalia from I Am Hope, uh, and we have Jazz. Jazz is an I Am Hope ambassador, but she's also had her struggles through mental health. Welcome, Jazz. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm very nervous, but I'm excited. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Thanks for being here with us. And um, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and who um, you grew up with? Yeah, so... Growing up, I was sort of moved around a lot, so I don't have an exact place of um, where home is, but I spent most of my years, our childhood years, growing up in a small place called Waihi, and then at the age of 13, um, mum moved me down to Rotorua, Ripurua, um, and I spent the rest of my school years there. Um, growing up, I, I've got, so I had two older brothers, grew up with them, um, had both my parents at a young age and then at the age of five um, I actually lost my dad to suicide so I was the one to find him from a drug overdose um, he took his last breaths in front of me but I didn't at the time I didn't realize what was happening so from that uh, my mum's drinking because she's uh, an ex-alcoholic so her drinking got a lot worse over the years um, and we kind of I guess we kind of just moved around um, never found a sense of home until she was engaged, and that's when that's why we moved to Dipuroa. Um Graduated there. That's also where I met Mike and how I got into this job. Um, and yeah, now I'm living back in Rotorua with my mum um, and my nephew, and working for I Am Hope. It's and it's good to have you with us. And you know that's that's a lot. That's. That's a lot for a young person to go through, and you know, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, when you talk about when you talk about what you went through um, with your dad and your dad's passing, can can you talk a little bit more about that and when maybe you realised that 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 um, was something a lot bigger than than the five year old self witnessed? Yeah, it was real confusing growing up with my dad's death, but I think it was at the age of fourteen actually. It was when I was going to Ripurua College and Mike came to school, Mike King. So Mike came to school and that was the first time that I had opened up yeah, about my own suicidal thoughts and um, also opened up about my dad's suicide. And from there, actually, I had, I think it was a few weeks after, I started getting like, um, sort of, I wouldn't say breathing problems, but when things would get hard or... I would feel real nervous. I'd start to, like, my heart would just start racing and I'd, I'd talk to my mum about it. And my mum has anxiety, so she kind of recognised some of the things that were happening to me. And she's like, oh, maybe you've got anxiety. So I went to the doctor and sure enough, um, they had diagnosed me with depression and anxiety. Um, so from there was when I, I just kept asking my mum more and more questions of, like, my growing up, like, why, why, why type of thing. And eventually she had told me um, that they were both heavily on meth and um, that dad was, he was afraid, because oh, he had he used to abuse my mum, so he was afraid that he was going to go to jail and that um, would get taken off them. So I think that's, and it didn't really help that, you know, he had a mentality that manipulated him with his depression and um, they were heavily on meth. So I think that would have been a big factor of mum believes that that's why he would have taken his life in the end. Um, so even with that, it was kind of like I had a lot of different emotions, like just getting older through my teen years. It was like a, 
it was kind of like embarrassment at first because I was like, who, like, whose parent actually kills himself? Like, no one really talks about that sort of mm. thing, you know? And then it turned into anger, which was like, how the fuck could you leave your kids behind? Like, I get that you were on meth and everything, but it's like, you've, you've got children. Mm. So that was another emotion. And then it was just like, um, because I was left home alone a lot and I didn't have mum because she was either drinking or when she gave up drinking, she was at AA meetings. So not having her and then not having dad, like I spent a lot of time telling myself that I was like, who loves me sort of thing? Or like who's around? Like you know, like I'd tell myself that I wasn't really worth it. And I think that's where um, the suicidal thoughts started coming from. But that was way before I found out that I had um, depression and anxiety. Yeah. Can I jump in there because you talk about Mike coming yeah, and then you related to his story. So before then, right, I felt like you were wearing a mask and you kept all these emotions bottled up inside you, mm. right? So where did you go to? What did you turn to? When I was younger? Yeah. Music. Music and writing. I think when I was, yeah, when I was young, I loved writing, like um, creative writing. Just, I think I'd more just write fantasies of like what I would like my life to be. Um, so that was a big thing. And I liked singing when I was younger. So that was another thing. Or I had um, a lot of, like I had friends that turned into family. So I'd always like any chance that I could, I'd go and stay with them. Cause when I'd be with them, I'd get a sense of home and family with them. Yep. Sorry. So before Mike came, you hadn't opened up to anyone. Not really, no. So, yeah. Like other than like, Friends that I talked to, but it wasn't really opening up about it. It was more just like, yeah, this happened, that happened. You want? Can you explain a little bit more about what they looked like? Um, no, I, my my memory's sort of vague, so it's it's sort of hard to think back of what I would do. You you were really really young at yeah. that at, at that time, so I'm just trying to get a sense of for someone so young. How do you deal and cope with everything that's going on around you? And it looked like you were trying to, yeah. But I don't know what that looked like, you know. Like, it was just—it was more just getting out of home any chance that I could, or um, I guess I sort of must have latched on to certain friends and would just um, tell them about things that would happen at home and then they'll just be like, oh, come stay with me, you're more than welcome. Like, you're, mm -hmm. you're more than welcome to stay here anytime and their parents would sort of know-ish about what my story was. They wouldn't ask into it, but just always let me know that I always had a place in their home. Did you turn to drugs? Yeah, at a young age, yeah, I probably did. That was throughout um, high school. Yeah, I did. How did that happen? I got into a relationship at a young age. So I got into a relationship at about 15, um, and I think getting into that, um, we were both sort of surrounded in it and ended up like, yeah, not, not like hard out drugs, it's more just marijuana sort of thing. And um, throughout my, I think it was year 12, was definitely a bad year where I would have um, sort of relied on it for mm. most things, I guess. And do you find... Because, of course, you were so young and this father figure, and, and you're a dad as well, and, you know, as a father figure, you're there to protect your child and you talk about, you know, being angry at your dad for not being there. Mm. And, then, and then you talked about your mum um, also not always being there. So you didn't have those, those parent figures at no. that time. And so 
how did you make your decisions? Did you find did you find it in peers or? I was more just um, like talking to friends at school, and then they would talk about like what happened at their house over the weekend with their parents, sort of thing. And I I did a lot of self talk as as a kid, and even now, like I still self talk heaps, and I sort of just knew that like there's no one that's gonna do anything for me so I sort of just became that person for myself like it's not someone or something that made me come up with that sort of decision it was more just like I was very aware of my surroundings and just knew that I had to become the person that I needed yeah given your dad was taken away at such an early age for you given what your mum was going through at the same time you were dealing with all this you got angry you talked about getting angry did you start to have thoughts about this isn't for me yeah, no, of course. I, I I think I was suicidal, like, throughout most of high school, to be honest. But I just um, suppressed it. Or I had moments, there were so many moments in class where I just stood up and walked out. Like, I wouldn't say anything to the teachers. I just walk out of class because I just couldn't be there. Um, I think I remember there was a point in time where, like, I, was, I thought I was going to end it, but I think I actually reached out to someone um, in time, I reached out to a friend in school because um, I, I did want to go, but at the same time, like I, it was just I wanted everything in my head to stop. Like I wanted the thoughts to stop. I just wanted the pain to stop. I sort of just didn't want to live my life anymore. Um, but there was a point just before I did it, and I had messaged a friend. I was like, I, like I can't do it. And I think that's all I said to her. And from that, she had picked up something. And um, not long after, <clears throat> I had parent and her come and pick me up um, and yeah they took me to school and I had a talk with the mum about um, wanting to leave and everything and she actually she helped me out a bit. Is that before Mike turned up? After actually. Mm. So, so was that the first stage of the healing or? No I think the healing probably started when I got into I got myself involved in different youth groups around town um, they came into school and would introduce it and talk about mental health and things. And thankfully for my school, um, we only had a limited amount of students. So they they sort of knew a bit about my life. So they'd kind of put me into these opportunities where I could um, learn more about mental health. And then from there, I had two mentors, um, Nehana and Te Pai, and they helped me out a lot with um, understanding mental health, understanding suicide, depression, and that it was okay. And... Um, different ways and things to sort of help start healing, I mm. guess. So, Jez, tell us a little bit more about, you know, the struggles that you were going through and, um, you know, those thoughts that you were having and what, what it was that you were telling yourself. You said you um, heard Mike talk and he was talking about that voice um, and that inner, inner talk. Can you tell us a bit about, about what you were saying to yourself during those hard times? There's just um, there's one moment that sort of comes to mind, um, and because I used to self harm, not like real intensely, but uh, there was a time where I remember just holding a piece of glass in my hand and just like sh sort of screaming in my head and just like wanting to just you know harm myself, and I sort of sat there like somewhere there was like this angel voice, sort of like what he talks about, um, and I had this angel voice come through saying like. You know, you you don't like you don't deserve this. Like you you need you deserve better. Um, reminding myself that this isn't 
this isn't what you should be doing sort of thing like look at what you're doing why are you doing this like you lost your dad to suicide you've heard all these other stories of um, people wanting to commit suicide or friends that have committed suicide so I was kind of just um, and reminding myself like what is your family going to think sort of thing um, don't put this burden on them mm. and those are the sort of thoughts that I guess would run through my head when I'd get into those bad moments yeah what is the, what are some of the tools that you use or that you've learned um, that help you when you've got those voices um, telling you that you're not good enough I just I know not to um, keep silent about it I guess is to actually just say something to someone even if it's just that just something simple like you're struggling and you can't handle things at the moment. Um, and from there, I know in school, I'll tell close friends, like, I can't be in class, like, I can't do this. I, did, I never had to explain why to them. I think they just sort of had the feeling of what I meant mm. and they would um, help me remove myself from the classroom or tell the teacher, I'm not, I, I can't be in class today. Um, I can explain to you later and then from there I'd just remove myself and go to the office, go to the sick bay and spend time in there and sort of just yeah, think to myself and just um, just reassure myself that things are going to be okay, like this moment is only going to last so long, you'll eventually get past it, just kind of feel it out I guess. Mm. And you still, you still live with your mum now and that relationship, um, how is that relationship now with her? My, uh, mine and mum's relationship has gotten a lot better compared to what it used to be when I was younger. Um, she listens to me a lot more where before I used to isolate myself in the room and barely ever come out. Um, and now she recognises if I do isolate myself and she'll come in and check up and ask if I'm okay. Is there anything else that you you do that that really helps with your wellbeing and... I like to drive a lot, like this is yeah. weird, I like to drive a lot and I like to go to um, just a lake or a beach or something and sort of just sit there and rather than thinking about what's happening, like my situation, I rather try and um, take notice of what's in front of me and what's present in that moment. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like, oh look at the sand, like it's wet or you know, like the colour of that tree, nice. things like that. It's important that, uh, I think that you're still on a journey which is, yeah, I think we, we're all still on that healing yeah, journey. Yeah. And that seems like an outlet for you yeah. to, to, to drive. You talked yeah. about singing as well. Is that something that you think is important to, to have, to yeah. keep you I'm not, on I'm not, track? I'm not saying I'm good at it, but no, yeah, I, like to, I do like to sing and sort of just like let out emotions through singing real dramatically, but it's good. Like it's still an expression of letting it out. And I think there's there, there are a few things that I do, like not only... Um, what is it, driving and music, like um, I've said that I've never had like a sense of home or even growing up I never, never had a sense of stability because I was always moved around. Mm. So recently I've sort of tried to get to know my papa a bit more, get to know where I come from, just so I, I sort of feel a bit more complete within myself, mm. if that makes sense. And how's that going? Is it Hard. Yeah? <laughs> so it's hard but it's good. Like it's, the only hard part is just finding out who's who and... Um, remembering my whakapapa, but other than that, it's, I'm glad that I'm starting to know more and realise I have a lot of extended whānau out there. That's awesome. And yeah. have you met them and connected with them? Um, some of them, yeah, and some of them I'm planning to meet. I have a lot of family in Auckland, eh? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> a lot of family in Auckland, but yeah, no, um, that's one, one of my goals that I'm starting to work on through my 
journey of healing. Cool. Just one more thing from me before we wrap up. So if we go right back, you started to talk a lot more to, to people, you reach out to friends. How important do you think back then and now is it, is it to, to share? That's real important so that at least you're aware of what's happening around you and I guess what's going on. And it's just easier to open up to someone because at least you're not, you're not talking to yourself in your head constantly. Like, yeah, it's all good to self-talk sometimes, but when you're constantly in your head, you can get into a spiral where you're just stuck in your head and you won't talk to anyone. So if anything, I think it's, you, should, you should definitely talk to someone. That is such a good point, actually, getting perspective from somebody else. Yeah. yeah. How do you make that decision? Because it's... It's not easy. It's, not re it's more just you have to feel comfortable with that person. So it's more just... If you, it's all about, like, the vibes, eh, and, like, the energy. So if you don't feel it with that certain friend, then go to another person because maybe you will. Or even, like, a, I know in school I had... Um, lucky enough, I had a trusted adult, which was a, my music teacher. And he, he always gave me that sense of home where I could just speak to him. So if you don't find that in the first friend, then go to the next friend and maybe you'll find it there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. And thank you for being here and being vulnerable and opening up about your story and your journey. Um, good and to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Thanks. <laughs> and we've just, we've just got this here, a little... A little bracelet, um, and it stuff. says, I am hope. <laughs> uh, cool, thank you so much. That's all right. Thank you for awesome. coming in. You're a star, Jess. Yeah, you're amazing. What does it say on their bracelet? I am hope. That's what you are, girl. Nice. Thanks for nice. that. <laughs>